Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. A Dear Media original podcast. Hello and welcome to Wine Face, where we're breaking down everything the experts know about wine in a fun, digestible, and accessible way because wine is for enjoying and wine is for everyone. I'm your host, Helen Johannesson from Helen's Wines in beautiful Los Angeles, California. And today I am so excited for the guest that I have on. She has been an inspiration from afar for me for a really long time. We have Los Angeles native Brooke Williamson, and she is a total badass. Not only did she win Top Chef season 14, but she is a kick-ass, amazing chef. She's an entrepreneur and a restaurateur. She most recently also won the Food Network's Tournament of Champions, and you can catch her now just released cooking competition show, Bobby's Triple Threat on the Food Network. Among so many other things, she is just blowing up. She's an inspiring role model and lovely human. I am so lucky to have Brooke on the show today. Brooke Williamson, I'm so, so excited. As I just told you before we started recording, you have been on like the very short list for a very long time of coming on Wine Face. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me in studio too. This oh, is fun. I'm so I, used to a Zoom podcast. I'm, this is so much more fun. I'm literally allergic to Zoom, I think. <laughs> I really don't like doing it. The vibe just sucks, but I will. I will do it. I did it with yeah. Gail Simmons and it was like cool, but- Well, because she's cool. Oh, she's just the best. We, yeah. I, she's just like such a good vibe. But you are amazing. We've never met in person. We How have. Weird is that? We've done. It's so weird. But I feel like you're such a powerful woman in our industry, hospitality, oh, restaurants, you. and like such a boss. So I always like having people like you on the podcast because it's sort of monumental, like everything that you've accomplished. It's oh. amazing. Well, likewise, it's a, it's an honor to be here. Thank you for <laughs> putting me on your short list. <laughs> the very short list. <laughs> so you born and raised in L.A. Yeah. Have you ever wanted to live anywhere else? I have. I always actually anticipated that I would live in New York City at some point in my life. I worked there briefly, staged mm. there. At Danielle. Um, yeah. Yeah. Long, that must have been long, so long intense. Time ago. It was a lot of fun. It was exactly what I wanted it to be. But no it just free never. Time. 
yeah. <laughs> it was brief, but I, I will say at the time, it you know, a, a chef's resume didn't seem valid without having a stint in a restaurant like that. So that's why I did it. But yeah, born and raised in L.A., never made it to New York for a, a living situation. Started, I think, you know, I started my sort of heavy professional career at a very young age. And yeah, it always kept me in L.A. And then I had a kid and that was 15 years ago. And time flies. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Wait, so and you always knew you were like restaurants, chef yeah. like that. I was the same. I always knew I was like restaurants. I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. I feel like you did it really smart, though, because you like methodically built all these layers from like fine dining to just being in different kinds of trenches mm -hmm. to then you were able to like build an empire of restaurants in LA. Like, it's well, I don't so know insane. that that was ever the <laughs> ultimate goal. And apparently it isn't. But I will say knowing what you want to do from a very young age, I feel like I was very fortunate to have yeah. that. And so therefore I was able to sort of map out what I felt like, what I thought was the correct way to do it. Yeah. And for me, I think it was. So inspiring. If You know, Google Brooke, okay? If you, <laughs> we're not talking only about how she got here. <laughs> One thing that's so cool for me about the food that you make is it's so incredibly elegant, but it's also bold. And it's like you look at it and it's visually so appetizing. And I know that sounds like obvious it's food, but it really isn't obvious. Like, I feel like you always have layers of something veg driven, something crunch. Like you're really thinking about the guest ultimate person wanting to eat. I, yeah, I'm not I mean, sure if people say that to you, but like it's striking to me because it seems like your style. Would you say yeah, that's true? Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's yeah. funny because people always ask me what my style is and I don't really know how to explain it. But Appetizing. That's, <laughs> I feel like that's a great, that's a flattering way to put yeah. it. I do, I think about all of the elements. I yeah. think about balance. I think about texture. I think about keeping people's palates entertained and wanting exactly. more. Yeah. yeah. I think that's so, so many chefs don't think about that. It can be like one note or one texture or one mm. color, which is, can be cool too. I also think the most important thing about a dish is for it to be delicious. So and I think delicious. not everybody thinks that way. No. Do you remember the first dish you made where you were like, this is me. Like, this is, I'm in a groove. Fuck y'all. Like, <laughs> This is Brooke, or maybe it's evolved to that. I don't know. That's a really tough question, um, I think, actually. It is a tough question. It. I think that there were a couple of sort of, quote unquote, signature dishes at Zach's. Do you mm. remember Zach's? Mm -hmm. I do. When I was like 22. So cool. And, and I remember thinking to myself, this, this might be the best I can do. <laughs> <laughs> and actually reflecting on it, I huh. do feel like I hit some, some level of creativity there. I was reading a lot. I also felt like, you know, there's this sort of imposter syndrome where right. I didn't deserve to. And I probably honestly did not deserve the position I was in at the time. But I worked very hard at trying to deserve that yeah. position. And there was a, a duck dish on the menu that sort of quickly became a signature dish there that was always on the menu, but changed with the seasons, which mm. I feel like very much reflects who, who I am and how I cook. It was a a, a roasted duck breast that that also was laying next to a crispy skinned leg of duck confit Yum. and what? had like a warm potato salad with frise and and a sauce that that had whatever fruit was in, in season mm. in it, whether it be pomegranate or blood orange. Awesome. The fruit always, always rotated and kind of dictated the, the direction of the dish. But that dish was on the menu always. Oh. And I still feel like it was a 
phenomenal dash. I love duck. I ate duck this weekend. 22 years ago. I mean, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> well, first of all, when I, I know I'm 40 and I'm like, when I think back and I'm like, whoa, 20 years ago, but it still sounds like something I would order off a menu today. Mm-hmm. Like there's something really contemporary about it. Duck also is such an underrated protein. Like mm-hmm. I love it. I guess chefs love duck or like foodies love duck. What, yeah. like what? Duck confit specifically is, is your is, fave. If if there's like a duck confit special or a restaurant that's known for the duck, that is what I will order. Mm. Peking duck is like, mm. take me to your leader. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite. Mm. What do you think? We're in the spring, summer, like top proteins. Like you cook at home. You cooked dinner yesterday. You said for a friend, like, What's your what's your favorite thing this time of year? I mean, I this time of year I do love to cook outdoors. Yeah. I do a lot of slow smoking. Do you have um, one of those eggs? Proteins. I have an egg. I, okay, I was at <laughs> someone's house with an egg yesterday, and a pan caught on fire, and I was literally like, they didn't really know how to handle it, and I was like, throw it away, like <laughs> in a sink. But I need an egg. Do you love the egg? I love the, the egg. egg. Yeah, I do. Egg. It just it holds heat really beautifully, maintains an even cooking temperature, so, so you can neat. leave stuff in there for hours and not really worry about it. There's a diffuser so you oh, don't have to what? you know worry about hot spots. Do a lot of actually it's funny. I I also do this for Thanksgiving or Christmas, but I do feel like summer's a great time as well. Whole smoked turkey legs. Ooh. Love them. Love turkey. Yeah. And people don't expect it. Right. No. People come over and you're like, I'm going to light the barbecue. And they're like, well, where's the steak? Where's the burger? No, the, the smoked turkey legs that have been smoking on the, bone. For, on the bone that have been smoking for six to eight hours. Ooh. Do you brine first? Brine overnight. Oh, my God. Um, and there's something that I do a lot of that that I consistently crave. Oh, my God. And yeah. turkey's just like feels like you can eat a lot of it and not mm-hmm. feel so heavy. Mm-hmm. That sounds so good. Wait, anyway. twist. Smoked turkey legs on the green egg grill. <laughs> like, like the giant Disneyland turkey legs. Yeah, like, like carnival turkey bam, legs. Bam, bam. Yeah. I don't think my Weber could go there. <laughs> We're I like mean, constantly adding coal. Yeah. Or, or not coal. Wait, what am I? Like Charcoal? 1920s yeah. charcoal? I'm like, coals. We're adding coals. We're adding wood to stoke our flames. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love outdoor entertaining. We do every year this like fish fry. My husband's Mm. family's from Mexico and like they introduced us to the disco, which is like a disc that you fill with oil Mm -hmm. and you could do like, you could not fill with oil and do like carne asada or al pastor, but we fry like whole fish every summer twice. I've seen that in in Hawaii. Yes. Yeah. It's the easiest thing we've ever done. There's like no cleanup except for all the oil, which is like, there is no good at home oil disposal. No, it's funny. I'm I'm currently writing a cookbook and and every time I think of something that needs to be deep fried, I remove it because nobody wants to deep fry in their own kitchens no. at home. Nobody wants no. to clean up after that, smell that. But deal like you kind of do. Are you using air fryer? Or is that not really cookbooky? I, I, I cannot bring myself. <laughs> I don't have one but. to get into the air fryer or the Instapot. It's funny because I have a lot of chef friends who who swear by the air fryer yeah. and the Instapot. Yeah. I just can't. I can't bring myself to have like a machine do the things that I'm used to doing. <laughs> like it's, I can't I phone in it. the chefing. No. What's the theme of the cookbook? Like, is it, can you say? Yeah, it- it's a vegetable forward book. Great. Not necessarily vegetarian. There are elements of protein, but used for the sake of seasoning rather <gasps> than being the center of the plate. Oh my God. Like little like pork crumbles like garnishes, and stuff. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. my God. Okay. This is my kind of, I'm not vegetarian, but I love vegetables. It's yeah. So I feel, dope. I feel like a lot of people are eating that way now. So yeah, it just feels better. Mm-hmm. So when did you make the decision? I guess I want to know this. I'm like, my listeners want to know. People keep asking me now. So how did you decide to 
go on Top Chef? I think that was like, because it feel like you already had such an established business. Mm-hmm. Like, did you know that it was, you wanted to go down that path? Because you're not. so good at it. Which, Thank you. But also, but I think that's why you... you're so good at it is it feels authentic. It's interesting. People, I've been asked this question a lot. Yeah. And also, how do you know that you're good at something like that until you do it? Yeah. There's literally no way of of sort of testing your skills in that environment unless you're doing it. And no, it was never a path that I ever anticipated going down. I think you find from a lot of chefs, maybe not so much nowadays, but back in the day when I got into this business, that a lot of chefs become chefs because they want to avoid the spotlight. Um, right. That they want to be behind They're the introverted. scenes. introverted. Yeah. Yeah. I was never introverted. That was never my <laughs> my problem. But I was very passionate about the business and what it does for people and and. I grew up in L.A. All of my friends wanted to be actors or or in front of or behind a camera. And I kind of wanted to do the opposite of what everyone else wanted to do. Mm. It was my rebellious thing to become a chef. But also I was so passionate about it. And I I really had such respect for the craft. Right. 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 right, right. (laughs) And TV, I have terrible stage fright. Really? Uh, Terrible. Still? Yeah. It's gotten better. I'm much more comfortable in front of cameras now still terrified in then front like of actual aspen people. food and wine like if you're in front of 300 people demos doing a demo. i'm totally nervous you have um, to talk the whole time yeah and i'm not super comfortable talking in front of people you're because i don't feel like that's great. what i <laughs> <laughs> it's just Wait, i'm gonna open here. one of these and then you'll tell us about yeah. it after i open i'm like let's open this yeah but no never something i ever saw myself doing in front of a camera so they, you know, Top Chef has talent scouts and they go out and and especially for female talent, especially, you know, over 10 years ago when I started getting approached, the, they they need those scouts yeah, to go out and find Yeah, it was way less diverse yeah. back then. And I was asked if I was interested and I said no. And then the following <laughs> year I was asked if I was interested and I may have filled out an ap- application just for fun, but then kind of didn't take it seriously. And mm. that's very reflected in your interview when you when you when you're not super passionate about it, because how are you going to win a competition like that? If yeah, you're they want to see the drive. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was three or four years that I avoided. Wow. They it. really wanted you to come on. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of amazing. They saw something maybe you didn't. I feel like for maybe I don't know if you experienced this, but as a woman who's like an owner of multiple restaurants in the business, like in the trenches working service, I feel like let's take this podcast as an example. It's like it was hard for me to restart it because it was hard for me to like carve out a space for me as an individual mm-hmm. outside of the businesses. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. be like, oh, I could take up this space and it's cool. And right. And I have a voice here and it belongs here. Yeah. And like it could and like it could grow into something else. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like maybe women struggle with that more. Like we're so bad at like a making business deals, like sharing information with other women. You know what I mean? Like I I think we're better at it now, especially when you've been doing it a while and you and you form relationships with other women and and realize that a lot of women do support other women. hundred percent. And then. I've made it a point to surround myself with those types of women. And I have an incredibly strong, wonderful group of, of female, not only chefs, but but people in the industry who mm. that I've never had before. And I didn't have that really before Top Chef, right? I've met so many people who share the same, not only passion, but desire to to lift other people up yeah. since doing the show. How How do you think, is it just... How do you think that happened? Like it was just you were introduced to people who were outside of, 
you know, the world, like the LA food scene has evolved so much. It's yeah. a funny place. It also feels very sort of spread out and disconnected. Yeah. I also feel like, you know, being in the professional position that I'm in now, I'm, I'm frequently surrounded by incredibly successful women. That's and I great. think that women who make it to a certain level of quote unquote success in their professional careers are generally women who support other women. You have to. Right. Yeah. And I think that that I've gotten to this place where I'm kind of surrounded by people who are very like minded. Right. And I have no interest in tearing anybody, any of anybody else down. Right? Yeah. It's it's so nice to be supported and feel supported that why would you want not want to give that back? Ugh. I love that. Is everyone <laughs> listening? Is everyone, ta- everyone take this to heart. I, I couldn't agree. All right, wait, let's pause because I have okay. a few more TV questions. This is, okay, so you own Ply Provisions yes. and you make wine or you have wine, partner. How would you talk about this wine? Because um, it's the Ply Provisions Pinot Grigio, which yeah, I'm excited about. We, we bottle and label our own Because you own a liquor wine. license. Yeah. So Well, you- I mean, we actually are technically purchasing this wine, but yeah, yeah. And we can we actually sell it to go now. So yeah. it's great. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. Um, so Chris Keller, who I've had a relationship with for many years, winemaker, I've partnered with him and he basically goes out and finds in- incredible wines. The red is a little, we'll start with the Pinot Grigio. Okay. And honestly, I would never bring a Pinot Grigio to, to anything. I'm but into I do it. feel like this time of year is when people want to drink really bright, refreshing, delicious wines that they don't need to think about too much. I agree. You know, I just did an episode about Ramatos, which is the skin contact version of a Pinot Gris or Pinot Grigio. It has mm-hmm. its own category because Pinot Grigio grapes actually like are a gray grape. They're not white. They're mm-hmm. not red. And it's not something people talk about a lot. But so it's kind of on the nose because I was like, people hate on Pinot Grigio, but it's great. Like, I love it. And then you macerate it and it turns into this whole other category of wine. That's really cool. And, you know, you don't have to dissect it. It is what it is. This is very good. It's fun. It's light. It's bright. It goes beautifully with with food. Mm. It's just um, fresh, crisp. Yeah. But you know, it's it has backbone. That's what I like. And it mm-hmm. has really good texture. Sometimes Pinot Grigios can be a little watery or feel too sweet in mm-hmm. some way. But this one's really elegant. Yeah. And, Cheers and to that, our last bro. white was a was a Viognier. So like we switch it up depending on what I feel like the best options are. We do a white. We do a rosé. We do a red. It's never going to be the same thing from vintage to vintage. Got it. And so people, can they buy this online? Do you ship? No. We don't ship. No. But okay. they can come in and buy it. Come and grab to L.A. Yes. It's really delicious. It's like ideal beach picnic barbecue right? outdoor. Fun. Yeah. I love yeah. it. So after Top Chef, did you know like TV is something I want to continue? Because I feel like one thing you're doing really well or from the sidelines, which mm-hmm. is where I am, is you still have your businesses. You treat them like they're such a primary focus to you. And then you've like pivoted into this whole, I feel like you've just exploded in the food, cooking, competent, like entertainment entertainment aspect. Um, And you're doing it so well. Like I feel like some people just like abandon their previous stuff. I think of it as a completely different career. One, yes, they support each other. Right. A hundred percent. And I can't imagine having a food entertainment career without a restaurant. And I can't imagine how much more difficult having restaurants would be without the support of the national recognition. Yeah. I mean, I can because I've been there, but <laughs> but <laughs> well, you can't go back. Yeah. Now you're like in they a whole other sphere. Yeah. And they support each other. But I, I think of the the TV stuff as a completely different 
realm of creativity. Right. Honestly, competitive cooking has very little to do with what I do in my restaurant. They're not reflective Mm. of each other. I know a lot of really talented chefs who are terrible at competitive cooking. Yeah. And I know a lot of great competitive chefs who are not. I'm going to stop there. (laughs) I mean, I'll say it for you. There are a good number of chefs who are on a TV platform who actually are not great chefs, yeah, but and they're, they're really great entertainers. Chefs. Yeah, yeah, which is like, all good. Yeah. So I do feel like it's a really fun outlet and I've continued to do it because I've been, I've enjoyed it and I felt I feel like I've gotten better at it. I've gotten better in front of a camera. I've practiced. I've, I've worked hard at it. I judge a show called Barbecue Brawl and I've learned a lot about barbecue and I've learned how so to cool. speak to what that craft is and pay my respect to that industry and talk about food to, to let the public know, you know, what they're not able to taste. So it is a completely different skill. Yeah. And I, I enjoy it and it's fun and it brings me to places that I wouldn't normally get to go and meet people who I wouldn't normally get to meet. And it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. I just love how you always are like leaning into your intelligence and strength, you know, as a person representing women in food, you oh, know, thank you. like, I think it's really, really awesome. So, thank you. No, thank what you. What else do you lean into? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think depending, I think people decide to lean into different things yeah. for different reasons. Some women lean more into like, oh, I'm a female, you know, the classic tropes. Or right. some people lean into like, you know, giddiness or spastic or whatever, you know, and I just think. Yeah, I mean, I'm not an actor, so I don't know how to be anybody but myself. When I do demos and people meet me for the first time after watching me on TV for years, they're like, wow, you're really just like you are on TV. Hey, newsflash, I'm not an actress. (laughs) I don't know how else to be. You're like, I'm really Um, here. Yeah. And the female thing is interesting because, you know, people have asked me my whole career what it's like being a female in a male dominated industry. And and while there is, I, you know, it would be ignorant to ignore the fact that that has not played into to my career. At the same time, I've really kind of used it as motivation to not use it. Right. I agree. So people often, you know, want to talk about that in my life. And it's not really something that I think about that much. Like I've always just been like, I was given opportunities that maybe I didn't deserve. Mm -hmm. I did not have the pedigree, but people trusted me. And so the best thing I can do is do that for the people who work for me and like share information, set them up and like hire people who know about wine, but maybe they don't have the resume or maybe they don't look the part that people think someone who should sell wine looks like. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's life is so funny. It's like, let's just move beyond all the gender stuff. But anyway, it's so. But it is important. There, there is an aspect of it that, that should be talked about. I just think maybe it shouldn't be what you identify with all the time. And lead with, yeah. Yeah. What's one place like, do you get to travel a lot internationally? Like what's an area where you haven't been for food specifically that you, TV or not, like that you would want to go? I just feel like TV like creates opportunities. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say, Probably most of my opportunities are domestic, but I've had a few really incredible opportunities to do stuff because of, you know, my sort of TV personality. I did a couple of years ago, I did a a commercial that aired on CNN. It was in partnership with CNN. for Japan Airlines. No way. Yeah. Did you go to Tokyo? We went to Tokyo. We shot on the flight to Tokyo. 
and then shot all around Tokyo and in the airport. <laughs> and I will say that Japan is one of my favorite places on earth. Oh my God. So, it's so having amazing. that opportunity to go with people who also knew the ins and outs of the city was, was really cool. You need a guide. Yeah. I think there's so much that like if you go and you only tap into like one layer. Mm-hmm. John and Vinny went like years ago and they were set up with someone who took them to this like tea ceremony that they both still talk about as like this like hallucinogenic experience. Oh. Not literally, but just like the tea. I was like, I went to a I tea know. ceremony there too, but did not get that kind of tea. <laughs> I'm not really, maybe there was something, but they were like, the tea made us high. It was yeah. like amazing. Multi-course med- yeah. tasting of teas with like little bites, maybe pastries that goes go, goes along with oh. each each course of tea. I did that too. And it was, it was something I'll remember forever. What do you think about in just a restaurant? Well, my place I want to go is Vietnam. Oh, and this is the Roxy Red. So this is the Yeah, let's talk about Roxy Red from Playa. So this is Mm. a blend of Grenache, Syrah, and Tempranillo, which I feel like is not your average blend. No, but Um, I like it. And the, this was a blend made from, they were all separate wines and I kind of mixed and matched the amounts of which that you I blended wanted. I blended that's it, yeah. so cool which was a lot of fun chefs and I feel are like so it, good at blending wine right by the way yeah because yeah, the palettes. yeah <laughs> and then I named it after my my dog who passed away a couple of years ago she oh. was a miniature pincher she's my first adult animal who she was adorable and oh. I was like you know what I, I, I wanted a, a name for yeah the, for the red and so we named it Roxy Red Roxy Red is a really good name this is like Cote Jerome with a sprinkling of Rioja. Mm-hmm. Like a brighter. And I'm, I'm. Ooh, that's really nice. I will never choose wines for it's our house wines. You like that? Yeah, I really, really like it. It does feel a little like Spanish to me. Yeah. I will never choose wines that don't feel like they work beautifully with food. Right. Yeah. That's kind of my first and foremost requirement of our house wines is that they, they feel appropriate being paired with with a lot of different options on the menu. Yeah. This wine is like full. Mm-hmm. It has this like weight to it, but it's so bright and so like crunchy red fruit. Mm-hmm. And then the finish is like velvet. Like there, it just doesn't drop off. It's just like, Allah. I can't sing. It's so much but fun talking could, wine with people who know about wine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I do it all day. <laughs> Come by the shop. I don't. Uh, I don't. I did. I feel like at one point in my career, there was very, there was such a focus on wine. And i intentionally educated myself on wine at a very early age, but that, probably younger than I should have been. It's right. But I was dating a sommelier when I was 21. Ooh, so in we, LA. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, I could tell you his name. You probably know him. Really? I'm like, who is it? <laughs> no, we don't. But we went to, to France and did a whole like <gasps> wine trip of oh. It's really it was actually not super romantic. It was very sort of I I mean, I'm sure you've done a bunch of these wine trips. They're They're, exhausting. They're like camp. I feel like it's like people think I'm just like out there living La Dolce Vita, La Dolce Vita. And you're literally up at 630. You have to be ready by 8 a.m. You're in a van. And then like in a freezing cold cave spitting for like eight hours of the day dirt floor. Yeah. Talking to people who don't who don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, the, it's so real. But it was very... Just like waiting for the cheese snack. Yeah. And you're like, this is so I'm cool. I'm drunk and it's yeah. 9 a.m. <laughs> yeah. like, and I we still arancini. have a full day ahead of us. Anyway, I was interested in, in learning about it from a very young age. And then like, 
thought that I needed some degree in something. So I became certified level That's one. That's amazing. Which For, pretty in the much court anyone of can do. In the court of master yeah, only is. But, but I felt like it gave me something that I could say I had a degree in. <laughs> honestly, but back then, like I did, I worked at Kraft or at Tom Colicchio Kraft. Uh-huh. He does not know me, but it was like the one in Century City when I first moved to LA. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I got maitre d' and then I was like, I want to be a manager. And then I was like, I'm the seller assistant. I ended up quitting. But it was really interesting because I, after I left, I was like, well, the only way people are going to take me seriously in wine is if I go do this master court thing. Right. Yeah. Court of masters, sommeliers, whatever. And I did two levels and I, I've never felt more alien. Like I was like, I just don't fit in. I don't wear suits. Like I was never the person. I think it's different now than it was probably. Totally then, different. But- it was very homogenous and there was very like, I was like, but why, why do I have to taste a wine this yeah. way? You also had to know about cigars at that time. Oh, my God. Cigars, cordials, which I get Weird. the cordials, and, but and cigar service. service yeah. Service, I thrive service at. Is... I was like, you want me to continuously pour this champagne? No problem. <laughs> Ask me which yeah. side I'm supposed to pour from. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole vibe. But it then is. I met John and Vinny who were like, yeah, we certification doesn't matter. Like, whatever. Yeah, do I think it doesn't matter do to most people. But it, Yeah, I, except... People, I got asked on Saturday, like, so do you have your degree? And I was like, yeah, I have a English major and a business minor. <laughs> I'm such a boss. Okay. So- also, level two is is not easy. No. Which, level one was like, Three if you know about wine, I feel like you can pretty much pass level and one. You, they level tell you everything two, yeah, in the seminar. Within a couple of you, days. Yeah. It's like crash course. But level two is a whole different ballgame. It's, it's insane. Yeah. Okay. So you brought these amazing Playa Provision wines, which people can get at your spot, mm-hmm. Playa Provisions. I brought these Jolie Laid mm. wines. Husband and wife make them. They change the labels with different artists. This is an artist named Sarah Barrett. It's Gamay Noir. Oh, my, I, my favorite. Really? I, love I was Gamay like, Noir. what should I bring for Brooke? And we just got these in. They're super limited. I also was like, these wines are always like bold, they're unapologetic, but they're nuanced and elegant. And I was like, this feels like a wine for has so much Linson. character. Yeah. yeah, that's gorgeous. And California, like Sonoma County, yeah. Gamay Noir is so pretty. People don't drink Gamay Noir enough. It's the perfect red wine, I think, for yeah. people who don't want heavy wine yeah. and lower alcohol. It's like anyone who says like red wine gives them a headache. I'm like, try Gamay. Yeah. Just try Gamay. And I mean, I think also people have this later. stigma against like Beaujolais that feels very specific but I think it, that's because like Beaujolais has done a bad job marketing itself yeah. they let but the nouveau overshadow delicious it's the best <laughs> like you just got to go with one of the 10 crews and mm. you'll be good mm. one thing we've been talking about or thinking about and I'm just curious on your take I mean the dining scene has changed so much you came up and have seen as 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 have I things shift and like trends and like sort of the openness explode of like different cuisines and cultures at the tea ceremony talk made me think of this. What do you think about like fine dining future of fine dining? Do you ever go and do like a tasting menu? Not if I can help. It. I know. I know. <laughs> that's like often the. Yeah. I mean, when I was 20 to 25, that's what you did. That's, right. Yeah. Um, it was like competition to eat as yeah. many tasting menus. Yeah. And make yourself feel disgusting. Just, and I just have very little interest in sitting for a five-hour meal and feeling disgusting at the end of it. I will say, though, that there is there's a part of fine dining that feels very appropriate to understand yeah. in order to do anything more casual beautifully. I agree. I come from fine dining. John and Vinny do as well. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, 
it's has set our standards super high of mm-hmm. what to expect. And I think but, you can translate that into a, a more casual atmosphere and do a great job with with different expectations. Yeah. That I haven't I hadn't had a like a set menu or tasting menu in forever. And then we were in London a few months ago and I had we ate at Lyle's, which is just like such a beautiful restaurant. And mm. I was like, wow, this is really fun. It was fast. It wasn't like a million courses. It was like six, seven. Mm-hmm. Everything was so delicious. And I was like, this is, I miss that. But I just don't see it. Once in a while, it. it's yeah. fun to do. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and I will tell you that my 15-year-old son mm-hmm. loves nothing more than a really fancy tasting menu. I really love that. For <laughs> you. <laughs> How often does he get to do that? Not often. But he, we went to Paris in September for my sister-in-law's wedding. and. Oh. The only like really formal reservation that I made was at a, a restaurant in Paris specifically so that my son could eat like a Michelin star <gasps> meal. Oh. And he sat through this meal and he thrives in that atmosphere. He's like really? perfectly behaved. He will eat everything. He doesn't act like that, that in real life. I right. mean, he he will try anything, but you put him in a formal situation where he feels like he can't be picky, and mm. he he is not. I mean, he's not really a picky kid anyway, but he he wants to try all the things. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Um, I hope my and son's he reminds like that. me of myself at that age a little bit. Does he want to be a chef? No. Okay. <laughs> How was it being like fine with. cooking for a child? Like, did he go through? Did you just like here's yeah, what he, we're having? Or yeah, I mean, it was a normal. Kid. Small child. Yeah. <laughs> Except for the fact that he didn't really like melted cheese or so, so therefore he didn't really like grilled cheese. He didn't really love pizza. Quesadillas are quesadilla. out. Yeah. yeah. He his his palate evolved and there's still certain things that he he doesn't like like anyone. But, you know, I never we, we never made separate meals for him. We never gave him the option of, you know, doing things differently at home. You know, he could order off of a kid's menu, but at some point he felt like he didn't want the kid's menu. And, you know, I think people ask me all the time, how do I get my kid to eat whatever? And yeah. Like, just continue to expose them. And I, honestly, that's it. Yeah. And that's all you can do. Our pediatrician gave us great advice when Sky was like three days old. He's like, just because your kid might not like something or reacts to something one way one day doesn't mean it's a forever thing. Yeah. And I think so many parents are like, oh, they hate hate it. And yeah. then he was like, they're changing so much mm-hmm. that I you think just it have takes, to- They say it t- takes like 25 exposures to an ingredient oh. before you, before they can really decide whether or not they like it. Does your son come and see you on set when you're shooting? Once in a while. Yeah. I mean, kind of fun for him. A lot of what I shoot is doesn't take place in L.A. Right. But yeah, I did a show called Beachside Brawl last summer we shot or last spring. And he came and sat on and watched on set all day. And I think it's entertaining for him for a day. Yeah. Other than that, I think it, most of it's pretty boring. Oh my God. His school must hit you up all the time. Like, <laughs> Brooke, can you donate? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh, no, you're not kidding, though. <laughs> but, but no, I'm really not. No. It's like we're trying to like figure out preschools and I'm like, well, how much a, wine are we going to donate? I have a cooking class <laughs> next week. Exactly. That, that is a donation yep. auction class. Kind of have to. Mm-hmm. I know it's part of it. Before we wrap, I love to just go through a little rapid fire right uh-huh. now. These are very easy. Low hanging fruit. So you say. Down. Yeah. No, they are. They are. <laughs> They're all kind of fun. It's just fun hearing everyone's responses over time. But. Mm-hmm. You should do a compilation. I really should. We should. Okay. Here we go. Okay. White or red? Red. Light or full? 
light. Ooh, orange or rosé? Oh, we're talking wine. Sorry. It's whatever you think it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because if we're talking wine, white, not red. <laughs> Sorry. But what did you think it was? Colors? I don't, colors. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should make it more clear. Okay, white, light or full? Could light. be whatever. Part of it is like whatever you think. Uh, uh, I mean. Yeah, light with structure. Okay, yeah. I like that. Orange or rosé? Mm, rosé. Mm. Easy. Fill in the blank. Fried chicken plus. Doesn't have to be wine. It doesn't yeah. have no, to be No, it could be, be wine, anything you want. But I do kind of want like a slightly sweet, sparkling, brunchy kind of wine. Yum. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Fried chicken and mm, like a pet nut or rosé sparkling. Or nut. even a glass of champagne. Yeah, let's just cut to the chase. Yeah. Champagne and fried chicken yeah. just go so well together. Yeah. Truffles or caviar? Caviar. Ooh, yes. Another caviar. Current drink order. Silver tequila on the rocks with a splash of grapefruit. Whoa, I love that. Okay, okay, Brooke, I see you. Because I've also learned what makes me feel awful yeah. later. Yeah. And it's never tequila. It's For me, it's never tequila. Yeah. Tequila is a stimulant. Yeah. Tequila's safe <laughs> for me, strangely. But also, yeah, many people don't realize that tequila is also, also if I'm, if I'm going to bed anytime soon, I don't drink tequila. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't realize the, that tequila is the only alcohol that is also a stimulant. Yes. There is no other alcohol that's also a Everything's stimulant. Everything's a depressant. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a tequila when not drinking wine. I can't drink like brown spirits, really. Mm. Like I could have a sip, but it's just like there's so something about it mixing with my blood is like. Yeah. Mm. I love a bourbon, but like one at the end of the night with yeah. some bitters in it. Oh, mm-hmm. like verging on an old fashioned. Verging without yeah. the sugar. Yeah. yeah, without the extra sugar. Mm-hmm. or the, oh, Sounds so good. Brooke, thank you so that much so easy. for it. taking the time. That was it. Yeah, okay. I'm not I'm not like <laughs> elevators or escalators. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Neither. Yeah. You're like, shut. What? <laughs> thank you so much. Where is there anything people can look out for you on or like Instagram or yeah, how can I they mean, follow along and all things Brooke? Do you have any shows? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty active on Instagram with awesome. anything that I want people to know about. Cool. Um, so at Chef Brooke W. Great. You can look out for me there. I have a couple of fun shows coming up. Another season of Bobby's Triple Threat will start airing this summer. Another season of Barbecue Brawl will start airing before that. Otherwise... Lots of just fun events that are kind of constantly happening. Food and wine festivals. But are you yeah. going to Aspen? I am going to Aspen. Awesome. I'm doing a, a demo with Stephanie Izard. Oh, that uh, we're sounds doing a, amazing. A duo demo, which will be a lot of fun. Oh, that's that takes a lot of the pressure off because then so it's kind of just about you having fun with Stephanie. Yeah, because she's got no stage fright. Oh, <laughs> so she I can is, take her lead. She's like, no, it's going to be so bad. I did Aspen once and have not been asked back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? I think I was like a little bit too ahead with the wine. Not ahead, but like I brought wines that like the crowd mm. hadn't really heard of or it was like the new California, like a wine like this. And they were like, where's this from Napa? And I was like, it is not. It is not. Not from from Napa, Napa, but it's beautiful. Enjoy. And congratulations on everything. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm excited to see and hear more. Yeah. This was really fun. Yay, cheers. I mean, she's just so awesome. I could have talked to Brooke for two more hours. And I really feel like we only scratch the surface of cooking. And I feel like she is a wealth of knowledge. So hopefully she'll come back one day, Brooke, putting it out there, putting the vibes out there. But if you want to follow along with Brooke, as she said, her Instagram is Chef Brooke W. And you can always follow along with me 
at Helen's Wines with everything that I'm doing. Love to hear your comments on this episode. Also rate, review, subscribe. Everyone's saying the three, the two R's and the S. No one's saying that. I'm saying that. But yes, would love feedback. Any other questions for Brooke for when hopefully she comes back. If you want to check out that Gamay Noir that we were drinking from Jolie Laid, you can go to helenswines.com. Hopefully we still have a few in stock. So get on your computer, World Wide Web. All right, y'all be safe and see you next time. Bye. Wow, 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 wow.